da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. So we return to the year, the glorious year of 1997 for this week's throwback. And we need something a little bit patriotic. We do. Fourth of July season. You know, we got to celebrate America. And what's more American than Harrison Ford? Right. <laughs> American treasure Harrison Ford. One of our greatest way. contributions to the world, I think. Yeah. Maybe the greatest contribution from mm-hmm. American culture to the world is Harrison Ford. And what's more American? Florida Georgia Line. That's our two <laughs> greatest contributions. You're welcome, world. The Backstreet Boys Florida Georgia Line crossover is probably the most we gave the quintessentially world, American we thing. We gave the world modern democracy. Uh huh. We gave and then the we world, destroyed it. <laughs> we gave the world jazz. We gave it rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And we gave it Florida Georgia Line. Mm. So. We're done. Yeah, we're, we should retire. We're cashing some of those checks. Is what you're <laughs> yeah, saying. Exactly. Let's hang up the old boots and cowboy hats and, and chainmail and chainmail and diamond encrusted belt buckles. Hey, Brian, did I tell you I got a new car. Oh yeah, brand new Chevy with a lift kit. Oh, it's it so look, hot. It would look a lot better with you up in it. All right, let's do it. <laughs> you make you make me want to roll my windows down, Brian. <laughs> uh, they were in town recently, guys. Mm. They're in town tonight. Is you it tonight? Go? It's tonight. Yeah. Why we think? Why do you think we got to get out of here? VIP. Yeah. yeah. VIP. We got to start our parking lot party. That would be a great tailgating, like people watching experience. Gosh, I would, I would probably murder somebody. <laughs> to be honest with you, Ken and I have this weird <laughs> thing where we're able to just sort of I can't do go that. into guys, worlds that we hate, and it's because you guys are, have both have a little bit more extrovert self control. I do, yeah, yeah. self control as well. I just get really <laughs> angry and want to kill somebody. So it's good. Brian just is miserable the whole time. Oh yeah, yeah. me and Bruce are just. I was gonna it. go to the Jimmy Buffett concert right down the street next weekend, but I have to go to Myrtle Beach. I know, tough life. I <laughs> Same thing, basically. I know, it really is. It's the most ironic. Just eat at a Margaritaville and you'll be right there. Pro tip, ladies and gentlemen, I might have mentioned this on the pod once or twice, but the Margaritaville in Las Vegas, if you ever find yourself in Las Vegas, Uh it's nothing about the Margaritaville, but it's right there at the Flamingo Hotel and it's right across from Caesars and everything, but it has like a six foot patio. Uh So it's like six foot lifted above the strip and no one's there because it's Margaritaville. Right. And you can sit there and have they're, a, yeah, they're all at Bubba Gump, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you can sit there and have a beverage or some or some chips and salsa or whatever, and you just can watch. You're like slightly more elevated than the uh-huh. whole strip, and you just watch the crazies. Like it's the best people watching perch of all time. Nice, but downside, you have to hear like 16 different versions of live Margaritaville. Yeah, there's an, I can't do that. <laughs> it's not worth it. But I, and I couldn't find. I was. I was I had a margarita and I was trying to find the last picture of salt, but I mm. never found it. So it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Do you have a cheeseburger? Or? Uh, no, because I wasn't oh, okay. wasn't quite paradise to me. Right, good deal. Name one other Jerry Buffett. Nah, no freaking clue. <laughs> cheeseburger in paradise. That's, That's it. That's said. the only two. two. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's that. What if he? Let, has... me, let me guess. At the restaurant, there's a cheeseburger called the Cheeseburger in Paradise. It's actually all vegan. Oh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah, I think so. And uh, it's it's uh. What if Jimmy Buffett has like really dark, like kind of Leonard Cohen songs that we just don't know? Yeah, we have because no yeah, it's just real somber most he, of the time. He has figured except out, the encore. Like yeah. Jimmy Buffett has really figured out a really brilliant way to market himself because he only has yeah. to wear shorts and oh like flip flops every day and a Hawaiian shirt, and he's worth like a hundred billion dollars. Yeah. And yeah. He but has he has hits. to listen to his own songs every day. Does he? He probably has earbuds in and he just kind of like, yeah. like but like just playing literally anything else. He 
he has two hits, really. Yeah. I mean, that's like as many hits as like a million like other bands or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's worth like a ton of. Has anyone ever gotten more out of le- less hits than Jimmy Buffett? It's probably pretty Good high point. Up there on from both the financial point. and and we're talking about him. And he can still play like Frisco Park in yeah. his seventy. He, dude, he plays the know. he plays the uh, stadium right across the street from me. The MLS stadium sells mm-hmm. it out that's, every single year. That's what we were gonna go. I was gonna go. I wasn't gonna go to the concert, but we were just gonna tailgate it. Me and the Mullenhoff family, uh-huh. by the way. Shout out to Big Cat. Shout out to the Condor. And, uh, but uh, didn't work out. So. All right. Well, speaking of oh my gosh, things Americans so, are proud of. Yeah. Air Force One. Uh, what, what is more American than Harrison Ford as the president? Nothing. Mm. This is literally the <laughs> most American thing of all time. How right. do they not cast him every year as the president in some sort of escape scenario yeah. or like people are trying to take him right. over but this he just, could have been just wants to get his family back it just all. overwhelms him with badassery I want and my just family back <laughs> pure american uh grit every single time you yeah. know uh, i can't believe that hasn't happened before but man this i remember this one coming out and seeing it in the theater and just being absolutely terrified of this movie <laughs> like this real world scenario of yeah. Of the plane hijacking and yeah, everything. You know why? Because Gary Oldman's the goat, and because yeah. he makes that character so creepy and awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What are your uh, general thoughts, Richard, on Air Force One? Did well, you see it, or did you come to it later? Came to it later. Definitely came to it later. Love Gary Oldman. Love the. Whole, I'm in on. I know this is sort of awkward now in current. Uh, I won't even say political times, but like news times, because who knows what's really going on. On either side, but uh, I love anything like with Russian yes. stuff in it. I always have. Movies so, are always better when yeah. the Russians are the bad guys. The best part about this whatever Trump stuff is like it kind of reasserts Russia, at least in the zeitgeist as right. like this villain character right. where they were sort of an ally, a weird ally for yeah. a long time. Yeah, and it will lead to great movies if we can make yeah. right, because. Um, China has way too much of an economic hold on this country, and right. so when they get kind of pissy when we make them the bad guy, it matters because yeah. like they pretty much own all of us. Yeah. But Russia doesn't really have much right. on us, except for maybe they control our elections. It's possible <laughs> that they run our entire country, but, but I just mean like beside the point. Financially, in the private sector, not a huge right. hold outside of oil and gas. So like we can go ahead and we can yeah. we yeah. can make them we can make them huge cartoon versions of of themselves and make them overly right. evil. And it, yeah. it's such a simple for dumb people like me. It Good works. guys and bad guys, yeah, it works. Absolutely. And, that's, yeah. and I love I don't, I don't want your Chinese villain, and I definitely don't want your North Korean and, villain. Make it Russian every time. And Asian culture is so, and it's a beautiful thing, um, but it's so vastly different than ours. Mm-hmm. Um, Russia's cool because it's just like a little bit right. different. Like their buildings look like ours with just a little bit. You can tell they're Russian. It's right. just like a twinge right. of, of kind of more Anglo or American culture. So uh, it just works better for like just visually than. Uh, for bad guys. So, anyway, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Brian? Yeah, I, I saw this movie in theaters. I didn't. I this wish I like would. I bet it was awesome in theaters. Yeah, it was. This is like the softest R rating of all time. I still don't yeah. understand how this is an R rated movie. But like, I believe he, he appealed. Harrison oh, Ford went before the board and, like, tried to appeal because he'd want a clear and present danger. He did the same thing for that and he got it bumped down to PG 13. This is such a PG 13 movie. I, anyway, regardless, I saw it in theaters. Uh, I owned it on VHS. I think that um, I hadn't seen this movie in a really long time. I, kind of, I watched it so much um, on VHS or TNT, whenever mm-hmm. it was HBO or whatever. Yeah, it was yeah. At the time. Um, it was a, this was a prime like cable TV show or cable uh, Sunday afternoon movie. 
Um, so I hadn't seen it in a really long time. I had to go track down a copy because it's not available to stream anywhere tip, legally. Yeah. So I had to go actually talk to a human and purchase a copy. Gosh, that's, uh, that's it was that's really weird. Yeah. Neither one of us had talked to anybody in years. <laughs> so it was kind of strange. But um, It's weird that Blockbuster is still occupied. <laughs> by your... yeah, yeah. It's not a, it's, it's definitely an independently owned Blockbuster uh-huh, at this it's point. It's like when you see uh, a Bannigan's. They only have like eight or nine store. movies. But, uh, and the guy in there, just, he just won't just get out. almost guy. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I felt good to get him a couple bucks. That's yeah, fine. that's nice. I'm definitely not returning the rental, if you know what I mean. But um, <laughs> If you do, you're not rewinding it. That's <laughs> yeah, on him. Exactly. But, no, like, I hadn't seen it in a really long time, and I, I watched it. I watched this one yesterday, and I kind of love this movie. It's we're, I, We'll get into the narrative. It, it ends on a weird note, and I think that's the only yeah. downside of the movie. It the, the Spoiler alert for a 20-year-old movie. The movie probably should stop when Gary Oldman's character dies because it's get off my plane and it's really <laughs> cool and iconic and the stuff that happens after that is cool stunt wise but it's dumb from a narrative standpoint but Harrison Ford is the best I think he's the best movie president of all time and uh he's this is Certainly not his best work or his best role, but he... He's he phoning it in. Well, Kevin James and Pixels, but okay. <laughs> he imp- <laughs> Gosh. Oh, never forget. That happened. Oh, man, what a, what a weird, By the way, weird we're not, world. We're not too far from that. Yeah, I was going to say, That's more Kevin James in ever. real life is not like a yeah. huge yeah. leap could, now. It could happen. So anyway, it's not his best... Thank God. It's not Harrison Ford's best work, but he embodies the character really well, and I think he... he He's really, he's kind of phoning it in, but he's also at the same time he's really in on playing this person. Partly because the person is just him, like he's just being himself, yeah. basically. Grumpy, but, uh, yeah, just a little grumpy. Um, you know, former football player, but it, it, I don't know. I think his speech at the beginning is great, and he has a lot of great lines throughout the movie and stuff. So it's it's lip servicey in a way. It's definitely over the top on the the patriotism aspect. Like the score is just. Yeah. So heavy. Well, it's made by a non-American, which makes it funny, right? Yeah, it's, it's so. It's funny, like but, their interpretation, of- right? Right, but it's man, it's a lot of fun to watch, and I really I enjoyed this this uh, revisiting quite a bit. How about you? Ken? Yeah, man. I again, I've seen this movie a bunch of times. Uh-huh. I remember seeing it probably right when it came out, up until like I got to high school. I probably saw this twelve times. Sure. I remember me and my grandpa like this was our movie to watch uh-huh. together. Because uh, I think they had it on VHS or something. So every time I would go over there, we would watch Air Force One. We loved it. And, uh, man, they just don't make movies, action movies like this anymore. You know, like, it, I, I put this in a category of, like, uh, Con Air, The Rock, and Air Force One. Yep. Like, they just name a movie in the yeah. past five or seven years besides, like, John Wick. That's just been a super simple plot action uh-huh. movie, and we're yeah. just going to have fun with it. And it's just going to be a popcorn action movie. It's not going to try to be a big blockbuster overcomplicate mm-hmm. things but it knows what it does and it does it well and yeah that's it and th- these all kind of take their cue from the diehard series they kind of all oh. come off the diehard tree ba- coaching tree basically this one is the most uh adult of the group i think of that whole set of movies like it is the most it is the one that seems the most uh realistic and the one that is i think is made mostly for adult audiences instead of you know con air's i I like con air a lot it's always been a fun movie but it is kind of stupid and over the top this one surely has some over the top moments but it's overall it's fairly uh reined in i guess this was also something that shed a light on a part of american culture that not a lot of americans were familiar with like we knew air force one existed but we didn't know like 
what was on the plane, mm-hmm. all the different kind of weaponry that they have on there, like the situation room and everything. And uh, I think it was kind of informative from a historical perspective. Yeah, totally. on just kind of like and just fascination. Everyone's fascinated with Air Force. Exactly. And so that was cool. But also, Did you see Obama when he left office a few months ago. I'm sure he's not the first to say it. They're like, "What will you miss most about being president?" He's like, "Oh, it's definitely the plane. <laughs> like 100 percent the plane." That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, and so that's cool about it. But there's some weird kind of plotting that you know I it gets away with. Like the scene that we're watching right now, we have it on. We have it. We're screening it here, uh, where the lady, uh, the press secretary, is showing the Russians around the plane. Right. Like, I don't think that that's how it really happens. Like anyone that's new to Air Force One, let me show you every single thing <laughs> about this plane. The president's going to be in here for ten minutes, and then you're going to be in here. He's yeah. going to be in. You know, I don't think. I mean, they have to do that from a narrative storytelling perspective to kind of give a tour of the plane without really, so that the audience has kind of a frame of reference throughout the rest of the movie. But uh, I think from a national security standpoint that that yeah, stuff doesn't happen. It's not the best. They really try to keep everything as much under wraps as they possibly can in these situations. And uh, so that's cool. But it really does open some eyes for me in the fact that this thing really could happen. Somebody really could get clearance onto Air Force One and really cause some trouble. Because when you're in the air, I mean, 9-11 proved that once you're in the air, you're basically on your own, you know, uh, air traffic control can have somewhat communication with you, but if you turn off your transponder or whatever, you know, you're, you're up there by yourselves and really whatever happens happens in these scenarios. And that, that's why this was terrifying to me. Sure. You know? Yeah. Whether it's real or whether it's realistic or, um, this, all this stuff could actually happen or not. It doesn't really matter because they set it up. It's such a simple idea and a simple Mm -hmm. plot and they set it up really well. The way in which Gary Oldman and his terrorists, like they move so fast and they have a pretty good plan and they're just, they're at it so quickly. It kind of takes a, you don't really have to wonder whether or not this could happen or not because it's, it is happening on the screen and it just gives Mm -hmm. you, there's, it gives you a lot of reason to just, to just go with it. And it's, um, it, man, it it really works well on that. I was, I was, this rewatch kind of surprised me how, um, how well paced this is and how quickly it moves and it goes from, the setup for about 10 minutes into just full on we're shooting guns and firing off the smoke grenade and all this sort of stuff really quickly. Yeah. And also in order for something like this to happen, which I, I only noticed this really a lot on the second, on the most recent screening was that you really do have to have somebody in the inside to help you with this, you know, like you have to have somebody who has the clearances in order to open the guns. So like that one, American guy that Harrison Ford kind of beats at the end of the movie is the guy that uh, was kind of the mole, you know, working for the Russians and what helped the Russians get in. But it's um, it's funny where they're back at the Situation Room with Glenn Close, who basically Glenn Close plays the president in this movie. Sure, you know she's the she's the authority figure because Harrison Ford's kind of stripped of all his authority when he's up up in an airplane. Surrounded by terrorists, he's kind Ed of Harris an innocent. Is furious that he didn't get that. <laughs> Ed, Ed Harris, yeah, they used his home set too. It's I know like, that man, he was asleep. What an then, insult! <laughs> There's there are very few mission control rooms without Ed Harris in them. Some he was probably there, actually. <laughs> well, like, like Brian said, he has that set for all mission controls is in his backyard, it is. and he just rents it out to films. That's the theory that Brian and I have. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he, he can just go in there. He has, he hits yeah. a button and the cameras roll, and then he just it's sends like you the a footage. Studio apartment above the garage. <laughs> yeah. 
his family are all the other and neighbors are all the people like on the computers like it's a perk uh yeah she's basically the president in this and um does a great job i miss going close and and a lot of stuff but they say uh i think when they're kind of wondering how could how could air force one get hijacked and they said something like I, i can't believe this was in there but they're like that would require them to get fake IDs. Like that's what they say <laughs> yeah, is the reason. Yeah. Like no how, one can do how that. How could anyone get a fake ID? Like that's yeah. what it would take. You know. Uh, I guess they change fingerprints, which they never explain <laughs> that in this. Right. How they get a clearance by scanning their finger, and they, there's no kind of scene where they, you know, wear some kind of glove or fake glove totally. or whatever to get. That's never explained. It's just <laughs> like they all yeah. of a sudden they have different fingerprints, which right. is super easy to do. I right. mean, go to a back alley anywhere and they'll exchange your fingerprints for a small fee. So <laughs> we, that's what we've done we three played, times. We played the net worth game on a previous episode, um, and we got on. What do you think the first daughter is worth? This is really her only movie. I do know her a little bit about her background, uh-huh. so I'm gonna guess it's. Um, I'm gonna guess she's worth seventy million dollars. Kent, who is the first daughter? The her name's Lysel Matthews in real life. Lysel Matthews, eighty bucks. I don't know. <laughs> she's worth five hundred million. Oh man, she's I'm the heiress to the Hyatt hotel fortune. Okay, oh, okay. And she's Weird. like a. I think she's a some sort of princess in real life. Yeah, she's. Some I just looked her up. Thing. I was like, whatever happened to that girl? Yeah. And then, oh, okay. and then it's like the first thing someone's like net worth five hundred million. I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> Jim what Nance. a great contract. Yeah. Jim Nance <laughs> definitely had no part in this uh, negotiation. Sorry, I had to just share that. The actor in this, Elia Baskin, the kind of sidekick to Gary right. Oldman, uh-huh. is the most Russian-looking oh, yeah. yeah. terrorist guy ever. Yeah, if you Why did they ever Russian? let him on a plane? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? This guy doesn't look shady at all. Come on board. <laughs> here's the president. Here's where he'll be sitting. And here's for how long. Yeah. This, this guy is... might be Rasputin himself. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a novelization of Air Force One. <laughs> Wonder if it's as good as steel. There's a novelization of Men in Black too, just FYI. Oh, I think I have that somewhere. I think I've read that. It's just the song. <laughs> just the lyrics to the song over yeah, and over it's again. It's a really extended cut. <laughs> Gosh, he, this... it's like when Dylan did like a Rolling Stone and he had like eight hundred <laughs> verses. Hey what's up, ma'am fam, Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. 
In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Man, the These scene scenes where, so they, where they initially take over the plane is so terrifying. Yeah, it's when they, so they good, see the dude. smoke grenade and fast. Gary. You, like you said, Brian, I never thought about that about the fact that it's clearly like they rehearsed this. Uh-huh. Like they had a model yeah. of Air Force One somewhere where they mm-hmm. like rehearsed every move that they would make, and they take control. They take all the weapons and just gun down everybody. I mean, that is horrifying, and. uh Again, not out of the entire... Maybe that's what makes this movie so good, is that none of this is out of the realm of possibility at all. Yeah. yeah. No aliens. If somebody no. with some kind of foreign ties or some kind of a objective uh, could easily pull something like this off sure. if they had the right amount of clearance you know, to get on the plane. That could really happen. And I like the, the uh, nuclear briefcase mm-hmm. that they... I guess they don't want control of that, but that's just one of the yeah. elements that they kind of work on this is the first movie that or tv show that i remember the nuclear briefcase being or the football being a thing like it became a real big deal on 24 in a couple of years after this and it happens fairly frequently in movies now but that i'm maybe it had been done previously but this is the first time that i remember it happening on a movie how is morgan freeman not in this i know i know if this is made any time since 1997 he's definitely in it he's definitely the president yeah in uh in that scenario right and Ed, Ed Harris is definitely the vice president. Yeah. I don't know about best presidents in a movie. Bill Pullman was in Bill Independence Day. Great. He Bill gave Pullman's that awesome speech, great. too. Chris Rock in Head of State. <laughs> Black president? That would never happen. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> Fast forward four years or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was like supposed to be like crazy yeah. science fiction. Exactly. <laughs> science fiction. <laughs> Head of State. Coming that's our throwback. Sci-fi next, fest. That's next year. year. Uh, what else on Air Force One? What what kind of doesn't work for you, Brian? Is there any cheese to this, or is it all just really awesome? No, I think it's pretty. the The action sequences are pretty good. Um, you know, there's you definitely have to make some leaps of logic. The main issue that I have with the movie is we're watching this the scene right now. The I don't know the guy's name because he's he's a jerk in every movie or TV show he's ever been in. But the the uh, Secret Service guy who turns traitor. And uh, and lets the Russians in, or lets them have access to all the stuff. I don't get his like motivation. what his end game yeah. or his his motivation is. Once Gary Oldman and all of his character, all of his buddies are dead, and I, I read that there's in one of the scri- the versions of the script there was more background on him about like basically that he was just an he he was jaded and it, he felt like he'd been screwed over by the U.S. government or whatever. But that really still doesn't play to why at the end of the movie he still is like i'm gonna i'm gonna finish this mission like who's paying you dude everybody who's gonna pay you is dead now i assume and so i don't know it that was a that was a weird plot point in 1997 and and in 2017 it's it's even weirder i like that the the russian kind of henchman bro next to oldman 
they're waiting for the smoke grenade to kind of give him the signal to start taking everything over. And he's just asleep. He's just taking a nap. Yeah, like, yeah. not worried. I'm about to do the, the biggest ambush of my yeah. life. Gotta get your rest, bro. And he's just like, I mean, that means he's a pro. Yeah. I respect him more for it. There's some stuff that may be a little far-fetched uh, as to where um, when they're actually getting people off the plane, how they don't get the president off the plane first. Yeah. Always annoys me. Yeah, like, he's always the last person, like, oh, get all these random you know, secret service agents right. off b- before the freaking president. Yeah. Like the only, literally the only person we care, you're supposed right. to care about they're is not the great last their person. Jobs, to be honest. Yeah. They, yeah. Well, I mean, they, we've seen later on they're they're busy mapping out their hooker scene when they get to South America. <laughs> As we've seen. Yeah. Uh, There's a great line in Veep where she's walking or something and she says something like, find some, you guys can find some prostitutes or something. And she looks back at the secret service like, I don't know, ask them. Because <laughs> all those news stories about the secret service. So funny. That's true. There, I don't know how realistic the, you know, the fact that the motivation of the actual Russian guys is they want this guy released from prison. Like their general, yeah. you know, they want him released from prison. And they're going to make hell on earth until or execute. They're going to execute. The fact that Ramstein didn't do the soundtrack to this is very confusing. Do, Imagine that. Do host. Do host. Gosh. That was the worst part about being in high school when we were is the Ramstein random was popular. The random bro yeah. that'd be like, dude, they're good. I like them. It's like, do you? Okay. Well. I mean, metal can be fun, but German metal. Yeah. There is um, the, the fact that, so they want the guy released from prison and they're convinced that they can't release this guy from prison without the president's approval. Is that a real, is that a plot hole or is that something that's probably, <laughs> probably, probably like a MacGuffin, but I like it. It's always worked for me. Like, cause mm-hmm. we run the free world, bro. Like, yeah. You can't make any decisions without us. I never make a decision without consulting Harrison Ford. So by the way, I love how they set up Harrison Ford as like MacGruber, like army ranger. <laughs> yeah. 12 so time medal yeah. of honor winner. Yeah. Harrison Ford, Three time the president. All-American. We all know yeah. that the only way to, I mean, those kind of guys aren't elected. It's always just yeah. hotel business magnets. <laughs> oh, we're plumbing. This is a really cool scene, too, where when they first take over the plane, their first instinct is to land the plane. Like, I yeah. think that would really yeah. happen, too. Yeah. It's like, yeah, do all we can in. to, you're getting this thing on the ground. It had a, I'm sure they did some research on what the actual protocol would be if Harrison, I mean, if, uh, if Air Force One was hijacked. Yeah. Like, what, what would really happen? Right. You know? I think that's realistic for the most part. There's an escape pod. I wonder if there's really an escape pod. There is not. Or there was not in 1997. I don't know if it's been added since, but there was no escape pod. That's not great graphics there. But just none, of the, none of the graphics in this are awful. The, the, I uh, mean, are good. Yeah. The, 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 anything that takes place in space, like that looks like a puppet. Yeah. The, yeah. Anything flying is bad no in, this, yeah. in this movie. Especially, especially the end. Mm-hmm. When the plane, when Air Force One crashes into the ocean, yeah. it's maybe... It almost ruins the movie. It's how, how <laughs> terrible it looks. Like it, it hits the water, and there's no splashing. It's just like yeah. smoke coming out as a splash. Because there's, yeah. I guess they couldn't animate water very good back right. then at all. Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson was not. <laughs> he just tears apart everything. This has nothing to do with space. Why are you commenting? <laughs> he's the authority on every gosh. He's the every scenario. Being a beating. Um. Also, they scrambled jets. I think that has happened before. That I think that tried. They tried to scramble jets before when these types of things have happened. Uh, would it be realistic for them to shoot down Air Force One? Like, would that be an actual resort? Like, in order to save the mini, 
would they probably have to shoot it down? Maybe, but probably not in this scenario. Because they thought that the president had escaped on a pod. Right. In this. Yeah. Right. So he wasn't even on board. Now they're just thinking of the mass quantity of people that would suffer. Yeah. You know, the the part of this that I think makes it... What, maybe what makes it work best and certainly is what makes Gary Oldman's besides him just being awesome but this whole bit so effective to me is that they're not after they're not really after like the nuclear launch codes or we're not trying to destroy the world they're just trying to get their dude out of prison and so it makes it a little more micro and a little more personal and I think that's when you add to that Gary Oldman just going all just all in on it. I I don't know. It it works really well to me. But no, I don't think that they would. I don't think that they would shoot it down in this scenario. If the if the plot was we're trying to get the nuclear launch codes and we're going to blow up America, then yes, probably so. This is such a great scene where they're trying to land the plane and they bust into the cockpit mm-hmm. and make it fly again. Gosh, that, he's just so intense, man. It's he awesome. is. He's so good. So awesome. He's is he the most underrated actor of our time? Gary he's the Goldberg? best. He's he's to he me might he's be the, best, the actor. best actor of of the, his generation. He's so good. Interesting on this on this film. I know there's been other times where he's kind of gone Daniel Day-Lewis and been more methody. In this movie he didn't he wasn't methoding method acting at all. And so but he can he just has the ability to turn the switch. And so he'd just be on set being Gary Oldman and very jovial and polite and stuff, and then they'd call action and he just immediately shoots into this guy and stuff, which they they yeah. also were Harrison Forbes just said he was it was you know, amazing to watch him work the way he did this stuff. I bet. He's very convincing as He's a Russian best. terrorist. Yeah. He can do almost anything. But yeah, the scene where they go in the cockpit and they kill the pilots and they have to take the plane off again. Oh, it's it's uh it's it hits a little too close to home. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was a, it's a it, it's probably not probably it's definitely this movie doesn't get made four years later, right? Like this not is, at all in a post nine eleven. This world, is the last airplane happen. hijacking yeah. fictional movie that we'll probably see yeah. for a long time. And uh, I mean, this is kind of all you need. This is the the popcorn, entertaining. But also kind of terrifying. It's so bad, the uh, movie that like can a, come out. Like a plane could just turn on a dime like that. With yeah, the... yeah. Uh, anything you dislike about this, Richard? Uh, this is a hard movie to criticize because it's it's not attempting to be Citizen Kane or anything. It's a thrill ride of a film, and it succeeds in that. And the performances are are better than they could be. I mean, they could be way worse. Uh, the only criticism I would make of something like this is this is the kind of movie that inspires a lot of really bad movies. Yes. Uh, the, the copycats of this are almost categorically terrible, but this is, this is a fine little, little, uh, and I hadn't even thought about this movie in 10 years. We rewatched it or I rewatched it, get ready for this. And and we have it on here and it's, it really is great. I, I, it's probably one I'll actually go back to in a couple of years just cause it's fun. I never see it on TV, but I would totally stop down on it. I'm too busy watching, uh, Bones. It's pretty rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very yeah, it's very, very rewatchable. Very much so. So, what are some other movies that kind of involve the president, other than Independence Day, that are maybe these to like top, White, White like, House Down? Is that yeah? yeah. That's Olympus, Morgan Freeman. Olympus, yeah, fallen. White House is Fallen. Olympus Lives Fallen. White House Down. Same yeah. two movies. Um, that's like the Dante's Peak volcano of our mm-hmm. time. Uh, you know, there's always there's always that the you know the White House is a is a fascinating place to 
to set something. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe the major two, the major influence that this movie had more than anything else is twenty four. Twenty four mm-hmm. takes from this a lot. Yeah, it's a good point, Brian. Especially early in its run. That's a be- that's a good copycat. Yeah, I'm fine with that copy. I am too. So it is a cool mo- moment where uh, they try they they try and come up with several different ways to get out of this. Right? It's like okay, let's land the plane. Okay, let's parachute everybody out of this. Let's lower the altitude, and then they have to refuel the plane, uh-huh. which is a cool sequence where the actual refueling jet comes down and and uh, is connected to them, and then that blows up. That's crazy. Um, I I really, and it's not just a one trick pony. There are several, mm-hmm. yeah, climaxes action wise to the movie. You totally. know? and uh, I think that works works really well. Uh, and also how they say they're going to execute one person on the plane every 20 minutes until their person's released too. Mm-hmm. When they're and all the people that are survived, the hostages are all just in one room. Like, right. Thinking to themselves, all right, who's going to die or who, yeah. who will we sacrifice in this situation? Yeah. You know, when you get that scene where the national security advisor tries to negotiate and it's, it's so similar to, uh-huh. to yep. die hard with, uh, oh, I can't remember that guy's name anymore. The one he's trying to, sleep with John McCain's wife and gets what he mm. deserves. But um, yeah, it's, that's a really good scene because you know, what's you know, as an audience, what's going to happen, but it still when, does, on, when he's still on the phone with uh, Glenn close yeah. and he's like, and he just executes him right yeah. there. Yeah. He just bought you 30 minutes and just drops yep. him. Yeah. It's really, that's a good scene. That's uh, heightened tension. What other stuff has Wolfgang Peterson done since uh, he did Poseidon? He did Troy. Troy. Oh, I forgot about Troy. Yeah, Troy kind of killed him, and they bounced back with Poseidon. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Poseidon Adventure remake. Neverending Story. Ugh. Das Boot. The Perfect Storm. Perfect Storm. Yeah. That was another Das he, Boot. Probably he did this is. and Perfect Storm back to back. That's a pretty good action mm-hmm. movie. One two yeah. punch. Yep. And uh, Outbreak too. Oh yeah. Right before he that. did something pretty a couple good. years ago that was smaller. He has not had a movie, oh, okay, or like he. Th- there was a bank robbery movie that came out this year, or earlier this oh, year. I or forgot about Poseidon. That didn't do very well. But Perfect Storm, Air Force One, Outbreak, In Line of Fire. That's pretty solid. Enemy Mine and and Neverending Story were good. And Dos Boots. He's he's had an interesting career. He doesn't do a lot. That's it's kind of strange. Very strange. Yeah, it's so satisfying when. And Harrison Ford kills Gary Oldman in this. That really should have been the last scene, and then yep. they escape. There's yeah. a there's a good you, you, there's a good four or five scenes between that. Yeah, and the ending. like you can still do the whole the president's trying to land the plane, they can't get the gear down. Then we gotta escape on the wire and stuff without the Secret Service guy killing William H Macy and trying to kill the president. Like it's just that's that's always rung pretty false to me in a movie that is you know pretty true to form. I think I think so too. Uh, also, a, how he holds the first lady hostage and the daughter to in order to get to the president. And you're right; he he doesn't have one motivation. It's not like I'm going to kill the president because he knows he needs the president in order to execute this. So he's really goal is to try to find the president and um, use him as bait in order to get the guy out of prison. Sure, but it's cool. Like I said, how they set it up as he's this war hero, the president's this war hero, and uh, then. For the second half of the movie, he's like hiding from everybody, and he's like being total John McClane, James Bond style. Yeah, Harrison Ford, and like yeah. uh, you don't know where he is, but he's defeating everybody one by one and using his military intelligence or whatever to, uh, in order to win this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so any grade you would have for Air Force One? 
I would give this an A minus. It's got some cheese in it, but it's a fun popcorn movie. It still holds up. This is 20 years ago when this came out, mm-hmm. so I'll give it that credit. It didn't have the special effects it probably needed at the time, but this this could maybe go back and fix some of the things special effects wise, and maybe it would be a better movie. But quintessential Harrison Ford, right in the prime of uh, what he does best, and uh, Gary Oldman being the goat. Mm-hmm. So that that uh, that wins me over, Brian. Yeah, and the same A minus. You know, there's some issues. It's it's not a perfect movie, but it I think it holds up really well. And I, more than anything, I just enjoy. I think the character, uh, the character design, the the way the characters are written for for him, for for Harrison Ford, and for Gary Oldman are both really good. And putting them two very good actors op- opposite of each other with uh, you know with good character work, I mean, I I really I enjoy it. And it's it's a lot of it's a fun movie. It's a lot of fun to to sit and revisit and and go through it. So A minus for me, Richard. Yeah, A minus for me too. I think it's perfect. Look at that. Look at us. We're, Look at we're us. green a lot today, guys. Three best friends. Yep. I know. It's, it's funny like how they can just watch TV. Man, remember they want cigarettes to. in movies? Man, Man that I, was miss, cool. I miss that. <laughs> we're a lot cooler when people start smoking cigarettes. That's right. Remember that, that old before. Norm joke where he's like, uh, you know, I uh, started smoking uh, when I was 15 because I thought it would make me look cool and... Uh, Sure enough, it uh, it <laughs> did make me look cool. I started yeah. getting all these bribes and stuff. It's great. It's a great one. Norm is underrated. His new Netflix is strong. It you is. Watch it. I haven't yeah. watched it yet. You need to watch it. What's it's it called like Hitler's dog. It's or called Hitler's dog. It's the last joke. He tells this thing about because he's talked about how dogs love you unconditionally. He's like, you know, Hitler had a dog, so somewhere. There was a dog that was like, man, Hitler's the best person ever. <laughs> and then he's like, this is, why I, this is why I don't let you, uh, this is why I don't let people film my shows because you can take that out of context. But like, what am I going to call my, uh, my Netflix special Hitler's dog? And then it just fades to black <laughs> and the title comes up. It's <laughs> great. That's great. No, you can tell they thought of it afterwards. Man, it's great. No one dances the AT Piven line I know. like Norm does. It like, does. Even in the same interview. Like, you can read a five minute interview with Norm, you're like, man, this guy's great. And then, Minutes he might have solidified gosh. himself as AT when he was on Letterman's like yeah. last show, and he, was, he gave that like honest speech about how much yeah. Letterman meant to him. Yeah. I was like, gosh, I almost cried during that. I'm I not did. even kidding. Yeah, so no, he's great. And this this new special is like Norman is most Letterman-iest. Yeah, he's like kind of doing like an R-rated Letterman routine, and it's he says a lot of like, oh, good gosh, you know, all those Letterman like Midwesternisms. They're really funny. Okay, so Air Force One, check it out if you haven't already seen it. It's worth. Uh, kind of a Saturday afternoon yeah. watch, and uh, but you're going to have up. to buy a movie. You you're going to have to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> this one's uh, it's it's banned from streaming. Apparently, <laughs> can you not even like buy it? On- you could, I could buy it on Amazon, but okay. I kept like, eh, I'll get it later, and then I didn't. So had to go to Movie Trading Company in Arlington. You live there pretty much, though. So <laughs> how do they? How do you not have like a frequent shopper card know, as much as we spent there? Uh, okay. Where can I find you online, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on all social media, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff at Richard Barton or the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Kent, where can I find you? On the Twitter at Kent Garrison, KentGarrison.com, Snapchat, Instagram as well. And find our show on iTunes, Mad About Movies. Follow us on Twitter at Mad About Movies. Continue the conversation there. Donate to the show. If you want to keep the show going, and uh, until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. Get off my plane. I want my family back. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. 
And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya ya Your salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again (laughs) 